When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Buff Nation! Let's go! Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime. We are presented by Illegal Pete's, everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. I gotta say, as a lifelong fan of Team Ice, yesterday was just unbelievable. Probably the best day of my life. I can't be talked. <laughs> uh, to see Team Ice go out there against their most hated rival and just dominate start in to a finish, championship game. In a cha- championship game in the season opener uh, is just honestly uh, magical. It was magical. I think this is the best Team Ice team I've ever seen. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to debate that the camaraderie that they displayed. The chemistry that they built over all that time. <laughs> yep. It's just beautiful. Oh, man. Let's get into it, though. Jordan Seaton's performance in the Under Armour All-American it actually game yesterday. became a running joke in the office. <laughs> yeah. How into the game Jake and I were. Um, legendary performance, though. Yes. Had a touchdown taken away from him, even. A two-point conversion. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, it was very Lionsy. Very Lionsy. It, wasn't it something about uh, eligible people on the field or something? So... I don't want to. Uh, it's kind of a weird place to start because it's 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 very in the weeds. Uh-huh. They called intentional grounding. Okay. He caught the ball, but I was thinking about it. They obviously could have called illegal touching. Uh huh. They could have called um, probably. Uh, no, I guess he wasn't downfield, so they could have called. They, the most likely call would be illegal touching, but then I thought about it. The rule of intentional grounding is no eligible receiver in the area. So technically, it was equivalent to the quarterback just dropping back and throwing it to the sideline where there was no one there straight off the drop back. So they actually uh, called the right call. And it's unfortunate because then our beloved team ice mm-hmm. loss of down. So they didn't even get a chance to retry it. Unbelievable. The refs have the fix out for team ice. Yeah, but team ice versus everyone. Jordan Seaton was so good. And of course, Everyone's favorite recruiting service um, <laughs> wanted to point out the one sack that he gave up. It was a sack and fumble from the quarterback. Yep. Um, and you got to talk about it uh, because it it was his worst play. But the quarterback also rolled right into the pressure. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like he just got absolutely smoked off the snap. Right. He he did get beat off the snap, but he actually did a pretty good job of recovering. Had the quarterback gone any other way. He gets away scot-free and you know we're uh we're not talking about jordan seaton giving up a sack yesterday but every other play that he was in pass protection was dominant yes dominant and it looked easy for him mm-hmm. honestly as far as pass protection goes i don't know if i've ever seen a player going up against top tier talent like that at that level 
make it look so easy on every snap but one. Well, and then you saw it in the practices throughout the week, too, in those one-on-ones. He yep. was winning, like, all of them. Except for against Booker Pickett, who <laughs> yep. that man is going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. He was all over the field yesterday. He had, like, a sack, a strip, almost intercepted a screen pass. I couldn't believe it. Going to Miami, they got themselves a guy. Um, but they did. He didn't have to go up against – or I don't know if he went up – isn't he on his team? I think he was on Team Ice. Um, so he didn't go up against him yesterday, but they went against each other, of course, in one-on-ones. Um, regardless, I came away from that performance more confident about Jordan Seaton going into next year. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, we watched the tape, and even when he wasn't at IMG, he was a dominant left tackle, right tackle, wherever he was lining up. And then at IMG, he continued to be dominant. Um, and, I mean, I don't think this was new to him at all. At IMG, you're playing the best of the best yep. almost every week. But it's still a level down from what you faced yesterday. Sure. I mean, that's literally the all-star game for the top 100, 150 recruits in the country. Yeah, you're basically facing a rotation of half, you know, because you got half on your team, but half of the best yeah. pass rushers in the country. Yep. And... The thing that really, really stood out to me, and it's easy to, to talk about it because of the touchdown, but it's the athleticism. And the athleticism allows him so much fluidity with that size and strength that he has, and that's why it looks easy. Yeah. Because he's able to get anywhere he wants very quickly. Yeah. You know, um, not to pick on him because, I, you know, I, I think it's funny to do, like, the sour grapes thing when you don't get a guy and then you go after him. But... You saw Jaquan McCroy, uh, especially in the one-on-ones, he ended up getting hurt. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, but in the one-on-ones, his problem obviously isn't size. It's not strength. It's mobility. Yep. And the quick guys that they're, you're facing every down, especially in college, you're getting more quick rush than power rush. They just go right around him. Right. Jordan Seaton, I mean, he honestly looks like a, like a tight end with his feet, the way that he moves his feet. Yeah. And just able to get anywhere he wants. And then once he gets into the right spot and he gets his hands on you, you're done. So I always, I shouldn't say always because I, I lost sight of this last year um, as we hadn't had a five-star in a really long time and I got a little too excited about Cormani. Mm -hmm. But before that, I usually like to pump the brakes on freshmen. And I still want to do that. You know, you have to be able to give Jordan Seaton a freshman leash um, because, you know, you are he is going to go from at least from a uh, a body type perspective, going up against boys to going up against men. And there's a huge transition that's going to happen there. But he is so technically sound on top of being incredibly athletic on top of being strong mm -hmm. and all of that, that it's like, I feel very confident that the buffs upgraded significantly oh, at the position. It's not, it's without a doubt. Yep. Um, he's just a pure athlete and there's a difference. I mean, we can not to pick on him, but you can look at Jaquan McCroy and this is something that you see in a lot of tackles and you're watching for the NFL draft or just watching in the NFL. There are big humans out there playing tackle and then there are big athletes out there playing tackle mm -hmm. and the big athletes are the ones who are the top of the line you know your jason kelsey's type of uh lineman who are 
just able to do things that linemen shouldn't be able to do, and that's yep. Jordan Seaton. Yep. Uh, it says on his 247 sports page, he hit 17.7 miles per hour on the GPS. That's, that's a pure athlete. That's scary. Yeah. That's legitimately scary. Um, he is just, he's pretty special, man. And I got to say, I learned something about Jordan Seaton that I didn't know until yesterday. And it was an incredible ad for IMG Academy. He came into IMG kind of out of shape. Uh, like they showed a picture of him. Mm-hmm. His he has transformed his body since he went to IMG. Love it. And I, it's crazy to say this, but like <laughs> he has the shape of an NFL tackle. Dre said it when he was on <laughs> yes, here, man. But it's like I feel silly saying it. But it's like I think if you have you seen those TikToks where they put the um, the like covers over people's heads and they interview them and they have to figure out it's like kevin garnett and he has to figure out which one is the nba player and they they like ask him questions they ask him to like do things Uh like i think if you put him in a lineup with like three other football players they would end up guessing that he was the nfl player yeah like it's just it's crazy and again transition is going to happen he is going to get beat at, at times next year sure um but I, he was, to me, very clearly the best offensive lineman on the field there. I mean, no doubt. You mentioned his measurables. I mean, the guy's six foot two ninety. As you mentioned, he kind of transformed his body. He's six gonna foot get six. Six five is what two okay, four six, seven. You, has. Said, you just said six foot. Oh my bad. Um, he's gonna get time, as the comment said, with Coach Mo this entire offseason Now he's an early enrollee. He's probably showing up to campus here in a few weeks. And he's just going to be grinding away like we saw all last offseason for these guys with Coach Mo. And there's probably another transformation for his body in there. He's got a six foot ten wingspan. That's crazy. <laughs> it's it's truly insane. And the, how about the athleticism on the two point conversion with the stiff arm? Yeah. Then he's in the uh, in the, the ice box, <laughs> <laughs> throwing up the Shador. And I got the uh, actually our guy Brady uh, sent the picture of, of him doing it. Uh huh. But. There's another screenshot floating around up there. He throws it up while he's in the icebox, and every and other everyone else is doing it. Yes. Player, every player throws it back to him, which is just electric. Um, so <laughs> I'm super excited for him um, for his whole career. Mm-hmm. We often get caught up in like we just want now. I think the the transfer portal era has made it that way, where it's just like, oh, you get this guy, and he just comes in, and he's a guy right away. Right. Um, you get probably three years of Jordan Seaton and obviously you know you hope to hang on to him at Colorado mm-hmm. but Jordan Seaton three years from now oh yeah I mean he is certainly on track and coach Prime has said this too so I feel co- more comfortable saying it he's on track to be a, a high first round pick without a doubt I mean it's what happens when you're a five-star player man you're different from the moment you step on the field in high school and it's noticeable and that's what he was yep what he is yeah that was really really encouraging and uh like i said the the dominance that he displayed on i don't know how many snaps he took probably 25 mm-hmm. 24 snaps yeah was ridiculous yep super smooth just to go back to the sack real quick it did look like he kind of short set so i don't know if the quarterback like you said bailed out of the pocket or something we used to call that the simeon drift mm. it's like trevor simeon used to always find a way to go the wrong way when he was trying to bail out of the pocket um but yeah i mean if you watch it if if he just steps up or to the right at at any point yeah it's probably going to be able to give jordan Seaton a chance to recover but he rolls yep. right into it 
Um, we already kind of talked a little bit about expectations, but look, this is the most sacked quarterback Shador was in FBS. I think it was, what, 56, 55 sacks? I mean, Jordan Seaton literally has to give up like less than a sack per game, basically. Yeah. And it's noticeable improvement. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but I, you know, I finished the Prime doc last night. Yeah. Um, great, great work by the whole Amazon Prime crew, the swack, uh, Smack crew. Um, but you, the further away you get from a season, you just start to forget things, mm -hmm. and the record becomes more irrelevant. Yeah, no, I would say more re relevant. It's the only thing that you really remember oh, the further you get for away. Sure. Just watching Shador, the UCLA game, is like, oh, the season might as well have ended right there because he got Pretty hit much. so many times. Yeah. He's limping off the field, and he was never able to get healthy, and that's the week after the bye week. So it's like he comes into that game. Um, it's the game after the Stanford game. Stanford, he obviously got hit too, mm -hmm. but he's as healthy as you're going to be in season. Right. And he gets hit so much in that game that he's in so much pain. And you watch the whole rest of the season play out. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's just a shell of himself yep. because he can't move around. And, and you almost just, I don't know if the word is forget about it, but you lose sight of it mm -hmm. when you're, when you get further away from the season. And it's like, Colorado was getting at best 70% of their best player or second best player. You can argue that all day long um, in games against Oregon state and Washington state who was ranked at one point last year and Utah who was ranked like playing good teams. Yeah. Obviously they didn't even have him against Washington state for most of the game and none for, for Utah. Right. It's, it was, it was tough to watch, honestly. Let's get into it then. Um, but first, a shout out to our friends over at Circle K. Guys, today's a special day. It's fuel day. If you're running low on fuel, head to any Circle K um, through 7 p.m. Today's the 4th, right? Yep. Um, and you can get 65 cents off a gallon if you download the app and fuel up on fuel day at Circle K. Um, join their Inner Circle program. It's a free membership. You can just download the app, enter in your email and phone number, and you are enrolled. All kinds of benefits come with it. Uh, but again, today is field day. Head to any Circle K by 7 p.m. And you can get a total of 65 cents off a gallon if you download the app. Backus and Shanker. Sorry. You're good. Uh, Backus and Shanker, <laughs> they win. That's what they do. They win. Uh, and they've won over a billion dollars for their clients. So check out our friends over at Backus and Shanker. If you've been hurt and it wasn't your fault, uh, they do incredible work. And the best part is you don't have to pay them a penny until they win your case. That's how confident they are that they're going to win your case because that's what they do. That's all they do is win. Uh, so check out our friends over at Bacchus and Shanker. If you need to sue, smash that to 222-2222. All right. Um, I saw Luis mention it. If you don't want spoilers, I Louise. guess, from Luis, sorry, from the <laughs> last episode of Coach Prime, uh, then I guess tune back in about 15 minutes. I will say... You already saw all of these things happen. That is true. <laughs> we just got a little bit more context to a lot of things. Yes. Um, you kind of... <laughs> How far are you? I was last night. Oh, okay. Um, it was revealing. Yeah, we won't... I don't think we need to get into the weeds of the show. Sure. So we're not going to spoil anything there. But there are some things that happen that need to be talked about. Where, do we just start with Bishop then? Or sure. Juju? Either one. Well, let's start with Juju because uh, obviously a pretty turbulent season from him personally, uh, kind of going through some things. 
And you saw, what game was it? I think it was the Oregon State game, the last home game? Yeah. So they're at home in the locker room, and Coach Prime is going through the team meeting, trying to get the team fired up. You know, let's recapture the energy from TCU. And he goes to the hallway to the equipment room, and Juju's out there on the phone away from the team. Yeah, and it's just unfortunate. And, and from my understanding, this isn't the only thing that happened. Obviously, this is <clears throat> on the back end of Juju already having yeah, seen he was, his, exactly. his playing time diminish. Um, it's one of those things, though, where just some people have a hard time saying out of their own way. Yeah. And, and Juju, you know, he responds by saying, my aunt prays for me before every game. He's on the phone with his mm -hmm. aunt. And so it's like you can understand that. Right. But at the same time, you're like, bro, Coach Prime's talking to the team before the game. Like, you got to be there. Yeah. And, and knowing kind of that he had just had trouble, again, just staying on the right side of the doghouse. Yep. Uh, you just it's like these things just start to pile up exactly like it wasn't i mean we still don't know what really happened but when you look at that episode and you see that moment it almost looks like it was just a bunch of little things that kind of all stacked up for coach prime yep. uh and coach hart and that's why he was kind of just got sick of him at the end and said you can't help the team at this point yeah it's unfortunate and we, we talked about it before again i don't know this for sure but i would assume when a player comes in after being dismissed from another place and kind of having some issues, you come in under very clear guidelines. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, we want to give you another opportunity. We really believe in your talent. If you're going to come here, you have to do X, Y, and Z, and you've got to do this. And you pretty much, you have to do everything right. You know, you can't make us look bad for taking a chance on you. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, again, while that's, it feels like a little thing in the moment, it's obviously disrespectful to the coach. Um, and, uh, and it's just a bummer, just a bummer because I, I think Juju actually really is a good kid with a good heart. Yeah. And, um, just a little misguided Yeah, just mistake prone. Yeah. Not, not, not in a football sense. You know? Right. Um, so uh, I wish the best for him. It's a bummer that he wasn't able to help contribute because he, I mean, the linebacking core was completely different with him out there. Yep. Um, but that's you got 85 scholarship players another 30 players on top of that probably as walk-ons maybe even more these are just things that happen throughout the course of the season and you you can take two approaches as a coach mm -hmm. you can say uh, rules don't apply to players that i need and all your word will start to ring hollow or you can you know stand your ground and say hey it doesn't matter he, you know we have rules here they weren't met right the other side of that is Bishop Thomas. Um, I think the last episode he was in was in the Oregon one where he was actually like <laughs> featured and stuff. Coach Hart talking. About I know. <laughs> I know. Him <laughs> meditating was legitimately maybe the best like scene of the whole thing from a comedy standpoint, because you've got Bishop on the field and he's meditating and he's so calm and coach Hart goes that shit does not work as soon as he gets out on the field he just comes a wild animal again or whatever he said but at the end of the last episode we learned that bishop thomas was suspended for violating team rules and his status for this next season is under review still yeah we don't out of nowhere again yeah we don't know what happened yeah um this goes back to kind of what i was talking about with uh I i've talked about it a lot recently um, coach prime flow of information 
Yep. Some coaches feel the need to tell the sports information director uh, what happened, and they send out a press release. So-and-so has been suspended and is away from the team right now. Well, that just doesn't mm-hmm. happen here. It's fine. Um, but it was a, a wild thing to just get in, like, the yeah. post credits where it's like, Jake Swanance went on to host an <laughs> right. important show on DMVR. <laughs> Uh, and it just like drops in that Bishop is suspended and is still being evaluated for next season. And, um, that's concerning. I've got mixed feelings about it. Yeah, you do. Um, look, defensive line was a position in need for this team. And going back to the minute we watched Bishop's film last off season and we saw what he was capable of doing, we realized this is a player that has a pretty high ceiling um, he didn't play at FSU. He was the scout team player of the year or whatever. But he's obviously got talent, and he could have really helped out this team who was really deficient in the trenches this season. Yep. And I don't know. It, it's tough because you see the talent that he has. You see who he could become as a player. But he's kind of just getting in his own way, and it's a position of need. Scholarships are – you know, Coach Prime talks about not wanting to coach NFL players because – um, he can't coach a guy who's making millions and doesn't care about the game. There's no salary cap in college football, but scholarships are basically your salary cap. Yep, They're very valuable, and you need all 85 of them. And if Bishop can't get it together, man, it's tough decisions have to be made. Uh, 100%. And there was a part of the documentary that mentioned um, one thing, I guess, that Bishop did wrong which was he missed an academic Mm -hmm. meeting. And uh, we've all been in these shoes. So hearing Bishop describe what went wrong and like making his excuses for it, I just wanted to like grab him and shake him and be like, come on, dude, you can't. I know. Because he's just like, oh, I had to clean up my house and (laughs) I had to uh, run some errands. And uh, I, I tried to tell them that I wasn't going to be able to make it, but uh, they saw I, they still said I had to make it, and I just couldn't make it, so I said, fuck it. And I'm just like, <laughs> I know. come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You got to do this stuff. Um, it, but it's, it's a kind of a reminder. Sometimes you have to be reminded, like, n- not to throw them under the bus, but, like, you know, uh, Allie's little brothers are both – uh, one just graduated, one's at college age, and sometimes they do something, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, God. And then you have to remember, like these players are that age, you know? Right, and it's exactly. Like, we sometimes um, just because of their stature as a public figure, um, we forget uh, they're just college kids. Exactly. And the college kids do dumb stuff, uh, and sometimes it's dumber than just missing a meeting, and sometimes it's just like thinking that you can just miss this meeting because you have other things going on and not realizing like the gravity of the rules and that you can't just break them because you just don't feel like it that day. Um, but I, I'll, I'll only speak for myself here when I say I was doing dumb shit like that all the time sure. when I was a kid. Um, so I really hope that Bishop has a chance to get it together and be a contributor for this team long-term. Remember, he's only a redshirt freshman last year. Yep. Um, but you're right. It, obviously, that's probably not the only thing that happened, just like with Juju. Right. And, you know, um, you, you, you only get so much leash 
before the coach just has to throw their hands up and say, like, I'm sorry, man, we can't help you anymore. I mean, just to go back to your point of these guys being kids, I mean, they're still learning so much, not just about football and school and all that, but about themselves, like learning who they are, what they are going to do beyond football, uh, how they can still use football to further their future and personal growth. So it's a good reminder, but it's also, like you said, you want to shake them sometimes because mm -hmm. it's like, damn, man. Um, the other thing I that I want to talk about was at the end when Coach is driving around with Coach Hart. Um, oh. And they, he mentions, you know, I talked to the Big 12 commissioner, and uh, he's telling me, you know, a lot of people are asking him, why are you so excited about Coach Prime? Because he's just going to leave and go to another school. And Commissioner Yormark goes, he's not going to leave. He's not one to take over a legacy. He's one to build a legacy. Yep, he doesn't inherit legacies. That's he what builds legacies. Yep. And Coach Prime was just like, he said, ooh-wee. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, because it was a bar. And it's so true. Do you, could Coach Prime take over for Nick Saban at Alabama and have that thing... Sure. At, to the moon. Of course. Of course. But, you know, he says in the doc, too, um, like, I'm here in Colorado on assignment. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an assignment from God. And, like, I just don't think it, at any point, in, you know, he, he could he could do those things. But it feels like he believes that his purpose is to build things up. And he really got Colorado at the studs. Mm -hmm. Now... There's facilities and obviously a beautiful location and, you know, it's not that Boulder is in the middle of nowhere or right. something like that. But from a football perspective, this program was nothing when mm -hmm. he got it. And I think the opportunity to build this place into a powerhouse is such a, a, like a beautiful challenge for Coach Prime. And I truly think that this last season only motivated him more mm -hmm. um, because you got a little bit of everything, right? You get this feeling that we're close. I mean, watching some of those games back, it's just like, yep. um, trying to remember what exactly, I mean, the Stanford one. It's it, like we saw the last, I think, the three or four. Like, again, no game comes down to one play, but like Travis gets the personal foul. I know on third and 15 or something. They ran QB draw. And they got like two yards, and then his personal foul moves the chains, and it's like, oh my god! If you take that back, Shador airmails Travis on an out route where he's open um, to move the chains late in the game, probably could have iced it or at least got it to a six-point lead. Mm -hmm. It's like you go through, and, and if you're Coach Prime, I'm sure you just play this stuff back in your head of, oh, there's five wins if we make yep. that play, there's six if we make that play, and at the same time, it's like, oh, but there's still so much work to do. And I think that's the type of stuff that fuels him. Right. And you're you're probably going to see an even more hungry, more determined coach prime this next season because he oh, knows yeah. that the margins um, are are th they're almost there. Mm -hmm. um, just a few more things. Seeing that Travis touchdown against Utah, watching that replay back, I still it blows my mind. They call that incomplete. I can't believe that. I'm sick. But it led to top five moment in the documentary. Yeah. That might be. T uh, yeah. It's already on Twitter. I don't know. The, oh, oh, you talking about the Mata part? Yeah. We won't spoil it. We'll leave some some stuff out there for you guys. Everyone's gonna watch anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, speaking of Mata, his miss against Arizona, like yep. his only miss in a big moment all season. Mm -hmm. Um, that's another one that you're just like, oh my god. 
you, if you have that, it's a different, maybe a different outcome. I know. There's so many little plays throughout the season that could have been a totally different story for this team. Um, but clean slate, healthy clean slate. Shador, more players, better offensive line, more weapons. Watching that just... I might have to watch the whole thing over again between now and next season sure. just because it got me so excited for next season. Yeah, get the taste back in your yeah. mouth. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, uh, just the end, when the recruiting staff's kind of talking, I just thought it was cool to see that, just get a more inside perspective yep. on how they build the team. Seeing them like take the names off the board and going, this is therapeutic, it's like, yep, I feel you there, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Uh, and it was cool kind of watching the way they uh, envision roster construction mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, also, just wanted to give a shout out to Chandler Durrell. Uh, I just don't think it's been talked about. Got enough. some shine. Yeah, he did. But I just don't think it's been talked about enough that, you know, he's brought in uh, in a recruiting position under his dad, Carl Durrell. Mm -hmm. And whenever you get an opportunity like that, people are going to roll their eyes, you know? Um, uh, and the Sanders family is sure. as aware of this as anyone. Um, but Coach Prime comes in, and I think Coach Prime has a unique perspective on this, of course. Uh, and he says, like, no, Chandler Durrell is here on merit. Mm -hmm. And he's good at his job, and I want to keep him. And I just think it's such a feather in his cap uh, that he was retained. And, uh, you know, in talking to people in the industry, he's very respected uh, as, you know, in the recruiting business. So yeah. uh, it was cool for him to see him get a little moment in there. And I'm just uh, – I'm honestly really happy for him that – he's still a part of this and happy for us of course same man and i think it's just the start for him i think you're gonna see chandler durrell go up uh and have a lot of more hope a lot more high profile jobs uh at some very high profile universities moving forward anything else on the dock it's over that was it that was the last episode yeah it was so good really really great work um i'm sure it was a challenge for Micah and Jamie and that whole team to f keep the story interesting mm. as they lose six in a row, seven in a row. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, uh, to, to finish the season, like you're just wait, you're hoping that there's another up moment. And yeah. There's a lot of down moments, but I felt like they kept it really compelling and also, again, made me really hopeful for the future watching it. Um, because you just see like how close they are. And I think it sets up really nicely <clears throat> if you were planning it out before the season mm -hmm. to set up next season, which hasn't been confirmed yet, but we assume is happening, um, the way things went. Yeah. It's like you have this season of like, oh, almost there, almost there, almost there. And then it kind of falls off. Mm -hmm. And then next season is like, okay, here we go. Like yep. if you knew it was a two season setup, you might have set it up this way. We'll see. Can't wait for season three. Um, Coach Prime did mention it at the end, too. It's like this was a season of hope. And I know people didn't want to hear it during the season, but this was a season of setting the foundation and just building hope back up in this university and program. And I think they did that very Absolutely. easily. Oh, by a long shot. Shout out to our good friends over at Red Hawk Roofing. They do great work. If your home or business needs a new roof, hit them up. Um, we love them because they are huge DMVR supporters, so guys support them. They've got decades of experience, a quick response time. You can get a free no-obligation roof and property inspection and a free in-depth photo report 
for all inspections. Don't wait. Winter is here. If you need to take care of your roof, head up our guys at Red Hawk Roofing. You can check them out uh, at redhawkroofing.com. Tell them DMBR sent you. Also, shout out to our friends at Fubo TV. I almost forget what life was like for me before Fubo TV. It's a godsend. Because it is the year 2024, Jake. And the um, Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. are still not on one of the biggest major cable providers here in Denver. Um, and I forget that I was allegedly using illegal streams um, to watch those teams. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, of course. Uh, anytime I wanted to watch those games. And now with Fubo TV, I can just watch them whenever I want. And it's like, uh, I feel like I don't want to take that for granted. Um, <laughs> Fubo is the best place to watch the Avs, the Nugs. Uh, they also have Pac-12 Network uh, for you know any of the CU basketball, which we'll talk about here in a second. That's on there. Um, so you got to check them out over at Fubo, uh, Fubo and use the code, or sorry, go to fubo.tv slash dnvr. That's fubotv.com slash dnvr. fubotv.com slash dnvr. Damn. Uh, for 15% off of your first month of Fubo Pro. Big game tonight. Massive game. Uh, the Buffs are back in action. They're hitting the road to Tucson to take on the Wildcats tonight at 730 Wildcats are 12 and a half point favorites in this game. Still no word on Tristan Da Silva or Cody. It's not looking good. Okay, not looking good. Um, so it's going to be the KJ show again. We'll see if Eddie can step up. Uh, maybe Luke O'Brien, Javon Hadley, someone else. Someone's going to have to step up. Everyone is going to have to step up. Um, yeah, so I don't know for sure, um, but if I had to guess, no KJ. Sorry, no, don't not to scare everyone. Yeah, no Cody, <laughs> no Tristan tonight, which is such a bummer, man. I know. Just takes the wind out of what's going to be such a good game, or was going to be such a good game. Now, the Buffs have a chance. KJ Simpson's one of the best players in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to have to get above board performances from KJ. Uh, I think Luke, you mentioned a really good yep. one. Javon Hadley. Um, but maybe to me, the second most important one after KJ would be Eddie Lampkin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one of the few teams where he's not going to have a big size match matchup underneath. He's going to be very tested defensively. Yep. You need a huge, huge performance from Eddie. Um, and then you're probably going to have to get a big performance from one of the young yep. bigs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sanjop or Jope and uh, Bangot Dak. Um, one of those two guys is going to have to step in for you because they're going to throw length at you. They're going to throw shooting at you. They're going to throw size at you. I mean, they've got it all. Um, that's why they're number 10, and I believe they were number one at one point. Mm-hmm. So a challenge, but sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes in sports, it's games like this where no one believes in you um, and you're down one or two of your biggest guys and it re- requires everyone to step up, and then they just do it. So uh, that's what we'll be crossing our fingers for tonight. It's just a huge opportunity for this team and for KJ in particular. I mean, he's been playing at an All-American level so far this year, and he's basically carried them. I think 34 points against Washington State had, an, I think, damn near 30 against Washington as well. Um, if he can have a performance like that and perhaps even pull off the upset in this game and deliver that for the buffs i mean he's going to be talked about 
as he should have been to this point if that happens. Uh, Caleb Love, Arizona's guard, former North Carolina guard, is having a great season as well, so it could be a yep. matchup between the two guards. Arizona's kind of stumbling into this matchup, though. They've only won two of their last five. The Buffs are on a six-game winning streak. Uh, Arizona did lose to two good teams in Purdue and overtime to FAU, but they just got blown out by Stanford on New Year's Eve. Dude, and I watched Stanford in the first half against UCLA last night. Mm -hmm. They scored like 26 points or something. Yeah. It's like, how did they put 100 on Arizona? They must have just shot out of their minds. Yeah. You got some... Uh, I saw their coach. I think his name's Tommy Lloyd. Um, got snappy with a reporter yesterday, so... Ooh. It's always good to see from your opponent. <laughs> yeah. He little on edge. <laughs> the reporter set up his question in such a bad way. Um, I couldn't imagine if someone were to do this to Coach Prime. But <laughs> he was essentially like, so if you think about uh, teaching defense, the first thing that you do is. Oh, Lord. And I don't think he meant it to sound so condescending, but it just came off like he was about to teach Tommy Lloyd how to teach his players how to play defense. Right. And he interrupts him immediately, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, had a, we had the number two defense in the country before the other night. We ran into a team who was sh shooting really well. Like, uh -huh. if we had the number 300 defense in the country, I'd let you lecture me on how to defend all day long. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, I'd probably need it, but I don't need that right now. And the guy was like, well, well that's not what I was going to say. Like, what I was saying, but it was just like, oh, God. Anyways, <laughs> going to have to shoot out of their minds. But I feel like I have to give this speech to CU basketball fans once a year, so here it is. Let's hear it. Winning on the road in college basketball is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Because of the way that CU's season has gone, there are going to be a lot of people who tune in tonight for maybe the first time since like the FSU game or the CSU game mm -hmm. because they've won every game since CSU. And they're like, all right, here we go. I'll give them a chance again. Colorado is 12 and a half point underdogs. They are expected to get beat and beat handily tonight. If that is to happen, that is not, that should not be your reason to be like, yep, same old buffs. Yep. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll sit out the rest of the season until the Pac-12 tournament or until they make the NCAA tournament. Like, <clears throat> there was a, a stretch in there where CU basketball had a fantastic fan base. Um, football was at its worst. Tad Boyle was kind of on this upswing and it made such an incredible difference for this team to have sold out cores event centers or now CU event centers uh, to play in front of. And, you know, they pulled off, I mean, they've pulled off tons of huge upsets on their home court. Yep. One, because it's really hard to win on the road for the other team. Um, but two, because we've, they've had really fantastic support. And I just feel like this team is being underappreciated. I feel like KJ is being underappreciated mm -hmm. because essentially they haven't been perfect yet right um so i really want people to appreciate this team and what i really don't want to happen is they go out there play tonight lose by 13 14 points and people just jump right back off and say oh this team sucks like you got to have realistic expectations and you can have realistic expectations while also like being really excited about the team they have understanding that they're undermanned right now and knowing that on their current path, they are on the road to making the NCAA tournament. For sure. But as a fan base, I think we can do a better job of supporting them and helping them get there. No doubt, man. Um, it's going to be an exciting season, and they will get another chance to take on Arizona at home in February. 
This starts a three-game road stretch for the Buffs tonight against Arizona, uh, Saturday against ASU, and then next week against Cal. I mean, they can. We'll see what happens tonight. But this team, you know, you go on this road trip. If you go two and one, even you go into this USC matchup in a few weeks with Bronny coming to town and all those guys, and it could definitely be a ranked matchup um, between the two teams. And you can have Cody Tristan back. Like, yep. it's all a it's a slow climb, especially with these injuries right now. It's just a little tough. Yeah, totally. Um, to me, always the goal. I mean. The goal should be to win every game. Mm-hmm. Essentially, in, in conference play, I think you look at every home stand and say we should win both. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the road and say we'd love to split. And splitting this road trip probably is losing to Arizona and beating Arizona State. But even going into Arizona State without those two guys is going to be really difficult. Yep. So um, any honestly, any win on this road trip is a huge dub mm-hmm. uh, and would put them at 3-1. and one in conference play, hopefully getting one or two of those guys back. Long way to go, man. Long way to go. We only have like eight home games left. Did you know that? <sighs> Makes sense. They've got some, I don't know, it just feels like an odd split. I was looking at the schedule last night going, damn, only eight left? Well, shouldn't this, the conference be conference games be even or like one one different? They've already burned two home conference games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So eight home games, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So eight and ten. Yeah, and they played two at home. And they did. I guess this is the weird way how the schedule worked out. Yeah. All right, let's get to questions. What do we got? Brady says, when I was at CU, basketball team was king. Same. Same. I mean, I was at CU and they beat Kansas on the buzzer beater with a ski booker. And mm-hmm. it was it was fun, honestly. Like, you know, there's only six or seven home football games a year for, as a student, which obviously are all electric. But I loved when I was a student that like it was just a thing. Tuesday basketball game, Thursday basketball game, Saturday basketball game. Like you're yep. going and everyone's going. Um, I was going to say something. I forgot, though. Okay. Uh, BP Underwood Class 25. Can he commit? Please explain. Thank you so much. Um, you can commit any time. He could, but he commits on Saturday. What I'm saying is they're saying, like, can he come? I think what they mean is can he come or whatever early. Oh, no, no. Uh, He's a 25 kid. But, uh... Yeah, no, he can commit. I mean, I'm pretty sure Baby Gronk committed to, like, Miami or something. Oh, God, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Uh, You can commit at any time because, as we've learned, commitments mean nothing. But he – I don't – he's not going to reclassify, I don't think. No, and he's, like, the guy, like, in this class. He's the number one recruit. Guys are going to make their decisions based on where he goes. Yep. And he's going to probably try and build a class around him. And I think he's actually on the young side uh, for his class. Mm-hmm. And I think part of reclassifying is, like, if you're one of those people who are older in your class and you could have gone to either one, then you, like, can essentially skip a grade. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the case for him because he's so young. Yeah, only 16. Uh, Sebastian says, I'm fiending for that DC announcement. Jake and RK, when do you think it will be announced? We have no idea. 
I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> we might not know until spring ball. Yep. I don't expect that to happen, but there's no rule that says they have to announce when they've got someone. And I know some people are like, well, how are they going to be able to get transfers and this and that? If the transfer wants to know who they are and they've already got someone hired, which it sounds like they, I don't know if they've got pen to paper yet, sounds like they already have someone agreed, then there's no reason to do it. Like they'll tell the kid right. if they need to know. Um, but I think that Coach Prime really believes in releasing information with a purpose and not just doing it just because that's when it happened. Mm -hmm. um, and so it'll happen whenever Coach Prime thinks that that's the time it should happen. I mean, we need an offensive coordinator still. We still need a few position coaches. They're gonna, it's going to happen at yep. some point. And then Coach Reed, Coach Carl Reed of 247, kind of hinted that it, a decision's already been made for D.C. Yep. They literally just haven't announced it. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same for offensive coordinator, too. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Eric's asking, where did you get that sweatshirt and where can I buy it? This is a Denver-based brand, and the brand is literally called Be a Good Person. Um, so you just go to, I think it's BeAGoodPerson.com. Um, they have all sorts of really dope stuff. We actually did a collab with them mm -hmm. um, that you can order on their website. I think you can still order it on their website. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really an awesome brand uh, that I've – it's such an easy brand to support. For sure. Who doesn't want to put this message on their chest? I love wearing it to the airport because I feel like um, that's where people need to be reminded the most. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> then I always get – a ton of compliments on it from people who are seeing other people be assholes and then they see my shirt and they're like nice shirt <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so yeah support them Kamada, how do you feel about having the transfer portal change the deadline in order for players to commit after bowl games look there's a lot of changes that need to happen this is up there at the top i think though the whole structure and off season of college football is just out of whack right now it's out of sync yeah it's not it working is. and I don't think players should have to choose. Do I want to make sure I have a spot on a roster and enter the transfer portal, or do I want to play in this bowl game with my brothers for my last game with right. them? Um, to me, that should be something that they can do both of. And so I say wait until after the national championship and open the portal then. Mm-hmm. Do you think they worry about tampering with that? I mean, it's already an issue now, but if you give teams another month and a half to just kind of, like a team like CU doesn't have a bowl game, they're not going to be practicing, they're already on to next year. What's the downside of tampering? I guess just what you said, like it, not so much the player now, but it doesn't give other teams who are still playing a chance to have a, you know, the same chances in the portal that other teams do. I think it makes it completely even for everybody. Everyone's done playing, mm -hmm. and the portal opens up. As the portal opens up, everyone finds out what they need, and they can dedicate the exact same amount of resources, or at least however much they want to, yeah. to that. If you're, you know, n not that anyone is crying for either of these schools, but Washington or Michigan, like, you're trying to focus on the national championship right yeah. now. Um, you're not probably sending your coaches out on the road to go recruit at least maybe not your big you know your big guns mm -hmm. so 
to me, I say everyone season ends, boom, you shoot off the gun and every, and it's, you know, the race is on. Right. Uh, I just think but, of a team like Washington where Penix is obviously going to the draft. This was a very rich transfer portal for quarterbacks and they just kind of don't get a shot because they're winning and they're in the national championship game now. Yeah. I mean, I recently heard a story about a player who has been committed to the school that they're going to eventually transfer to for over a month, mm-hmm. um, but they wanted to play in their bowl game, so they didn't, you know, they it was all just under-the-table stuff. That's yeah. that's happening everywhere. Uh, CJ Underwood says, did you guys see Quinn Sean Judkins? Yeah, the Ole Miss standout running back did enter the portal, like, at the gun last minute. Uh, yesterday, or yesterday it was announced. I guess it closed on Tuesday, the second. Okay. Uh, he had a fantastic year for Ole Miss, over a thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns. Also caught twenty-two passes for one hundred and fifty yards and two touchdowns. He was one of the best college football running backs entering this year as well, and he delivered. Um, had a great year last year too, fifteen hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns. Um, I don't know if he's an option for the Buffs though. I mean, never they, say never, but... They haven't appeared to put an emphasis on running back this year, and mm-hmm. it's honestly one of my first questions that I want to ask whoever the next coach we talk to is, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, an offensive coach coming on this show or we get a press conference with Coach Prime at some point, is, like, it doesn't feel like you guys felt that running back was a priority. Is that a huge vote of confidence in Alton McCaskill? Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be. We know what he is. Yep. He obviously wasn't himself last year. Yep. If he comes back and is himself, that's your that's your bell cow. Yeah. It's your workhorse. To me, the the comp that you would look at is Jamal Murray. Mm. Uh, tears his ACL mid-season three years ago. Misses the rest of that season. Mm-hmm. Then the next season, he's able to physically come back with like 15 games left. Doesn't do so. So he goes through a whole other offseason. Then he gets eased in at the beginning of the next season. So it was really like a full, almost a full two years before he was back to himself. Yeah. And then he goes and is a, I mean, you could have argued maybe a case for him to win finals MVP. Sure. Certainly second place. So that's, that's the hope for Alton is like he went through a long recovery process. Even tried to come back this last year, still wasn't ready. But once he's that that another year removed, yeah, you're hoping that he can be at full go. And that year happens in April. Remember, he tore his ACL in spring practices at Houston in 2021. So he missed that whole season, or 2022, I guess. He played in 21. It was spring football 22. Missed all of 22. Came into Colorado this last offseason. Played just a little bit. Took the red shirt. So when he straps it on for spring ball this season, he's two full years removed from tearing it. Yep. I also think that Dylan could have a monster year. I mean, look, we talked about it all season. You got to find ways to get this guy the ball. I think that whoever the offensive coordinator is, that's got to be, one, the most important thing, better protection. Two, you got to run the ball better. Three has got to be, how do we get Dylan more involved? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hats off to Pat Shermer for uh, finally getting him back in the end zone in the final week of the season with a trick play. But, like, that's, to me, like, if you had to boil 
the offensive coordinator's job down to one line. It's like, get the ball to the playmakers. Yep. However you need to do that, you got to do it. And the person who does it better than anyone is Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And look what he does. Like, he doesn't just look at Debo Samuel and say, like, oh, he's a great wide receiver. Like, let's get him out there and run in routes. Yeah. He's like, how do we make sure the ball gets in his hands on this play no matter what? Mm-hmm. And he has a head of steam and he can go make plays. I don't know how more coaches and coordinators aren't watching the way that they get the ball to Debo Samuel and saying, like, we have to get the ball to our guys this yep. way. Um, because it's just, it's you know, it's the whole Brock Purdy debate, but, like, Kyle Shanahan takes a lot of the thinking out of it for him. It's yeah. like, this play is designed for Debo, whether it's just a pop pass going forward or reverse, um, a screen, mm-hmm. you know, a tunnel, whatever. It's like, that is the job of an offensive coordinator. The best offensive coordinators just know how to get the ball to their players and let them make plays. Yep. Guys, hit the like button. Also, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd greatly appreciate your five-star review as well. Big Teasy with the super chat. Do you think the current salaries for assistant coaches are the max? Could they pay more for bigger names, or do we have to stay in that range? I truly don't know. I think that uh, Coach Prime has proved to the administration that your investment will um, will be paid back to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't know exactly what the pool is or if it's grown at all after selling out every game and all that stuff. But to me, spend whatever you got to spend. Sure. Um, you're you're going to get it back. I mean, they broke the bank for Sean Lewis last year. Wasn't he the highest paid offensive coordinator in the country or one of them? He had a massive deal. Yeah, he did get a big deal. I don't know where he ranked in terms of coordinator salaries, but... He had to have been up there. He got a head coach's salary for... Didn't he take a pay raise, basically? Yeah. So, we'll see. Oh, he got a huge pay raise to leave a head coaching job. Yeah. Uh, LT, having withdrawals. Me too, man. Any vague emojis on the way? Any news on visitors? Are we about done for this cycle? Um, Lejante Wester's supposed to visit this week. He's supposed to visit a few other schools as well. I know Baylor's in there. I can't remember all the rest, but um, that's all I've heard so far this week. Um, I don't know. People always complain when the vague emojis come out now. Because they think that that means they need to get the information right then and there. <laughs> that is true. Um, so I don't know if the, maybe uh, the vague emoji crew has become adverse to doing that because yep. everyone just whines that they didn't get the information soon enough after the vague emojis came out. Well, also, I mean, this cycle is kind of done. And we saw Kendrick Breedlove enter the portal. Uh, we saw Willie Gaines enter the portal. But, like, we don't have... I think we're, I, again, I don't really know where we're at with scholarships, but we're right up there with the limit. So I think we have to wait for spring ball for some more attrition to come through. I think we've got room. Oh, we definitely have room, but yeah. it's like for, to make waves and like, you know, we're not, I think we're done with like the 10 visitors type of weekends type of thing. Cause I don't think we have 10 scholarships open at this point. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, it's going to be very like sprinkled throughout. We've got a Justin Mayers in the comment. I think that's a. Is that him? <laughs> Actually him. What's up, Justin? What's up, Justin, if that is you? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he might be responding to the vague emojis. <laughs> now we're getting vague um, punctuation marks. <laughs> yeah, vague punctuation marks. 
Um, who else? Ray John says, where is Neely? Neely is in Jackson, Mississippi. He'll be back soon. <laughs> Actually talking with him this morning about uh, some content stuff. So we'll, uh, we'll have Neely back on very soon. Can't wait. I can't wait till he's back in Colorado. When does he come back? Um, you said this month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid mid month. Um, we'll do something. Says the one and only. <laughs> Good. Justin, man, come on the show sometime. <laughs> yeah, come on. The, I was about to say, DM the Buffs account. Let's set something up, bro. All right. Um, that's funny. Neely will be back soon. Next week, maybe? That would be awesome. We can set something up. All right, guys, hit the like button on your way out. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. You're out. You're gone. I am going to good old Circa tomorrow. Lucky man. man. I can't wait. Lucky man. Oh, man. I can't wait to not know what time it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great feature of Vegas. That is true. Just lose complete track of what time of day it is. Well, have fun out there, man. Um, mercifully, this Broncos season is coming to an end. Thank goodness. I mean, this this season had some ups. It did, but again, this was a transition year. Sean Payton's yeah. going to get some guys in. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Dre will be here. Oh, uh, last minute super chat from Don Peasy. Dope show as usual. Will y'all be the voices behind Coach Prime season three? We uh, hope. We'd love to. Yep. When Justin said, just hit me up. I'll come on for sure. I'll DM you uh, once we're done with this, Justin. All right, guys. All right, let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs. We all silly like the mayor. 